welcome to the Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay, and we are so happy that you're here joining us today. Hi, everyone. We are so happy to be back and recording the first episode of the Modern Lady Podcast for 2019. We hope you all had a great Christmas holiday and are settling back into the swing of things. Today, we're going to be channeling the mantra, New Year, New You. Do you make New Year's resolutions? We've made some resolutions for ourselves that we're excited to share today, and we have some thoughts on resolution making in general that we're keen to discuss, so let's get to it. But first, Lindsay has our etiquette tip of the week, and we are launching into the first part of a series on glove wearing. Right, Lindsay? That's right. A little glove etiquette for us. Um, I found this surprisingly not with Emily Post, but on the Huffington Post website. So, yeah. (laughs) So, ladies, if 2019 finds you wearing opera gloves, which are also known as evening gloves, here are a few rules. So here's just the first two. Number one, gloves are kept on when shaking hands, like if you're in a reception line or that sort of thing, when you're dancing, or when you're presenting your hand to be kissed, but not during dinner. And number two then, when dining, your gloves are to be folded in half and placed on your lap under a napkin. After dinner is finished, your gloves may be placed on the table. Oh, I love that part about when you're presenting your hand to be kissed. I know. I actually (laughs) swooned. I thought, my husband doesn't kiss my hand enough, so that's it. We need a night at the opera. I need to be wearing gloves, and he needs to kiss my hand. I was just going to say, maybe you need to be wearing gloves. Yeah. Maybe that's how you get it to happen. (laughs) I'm sure it is. My beautiful mom hands, you know, don't really call out to be kissed. But that's interesting, though, that um, you basically, it sounds like almost every social engagement, you are to be wearing gloves, but not while you're eating. And from a practical standpoint, I guess you don't want to get your gloves dirty. But I wonder why, like, why it was all the social engagement stuff like was were hands seen as immodest or I have no idea and I'd actually like to look into that more and I've also wondered and maybe we'll do a whole episode on gloves one day but I've also wondered if people became less sick because their hands were covered all the time so they weren't touching door handles and railings and and then putting Mm. their hands to their mouth so I I guess we have to dive deep into gloves one day right it's a good Thing that this is going to be a series. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and if you got driving gloves for Christmas, oh, there you go. <laughs> you can wear it for all your dancing engagements and you'll just be right in there with your Absolutely. etiquette. <laughs> well, you're going to learn soon on one of our next ones how to properly take the gloves off, too. There are multi steps to this. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Okay. That's awesome. Can't wait to hear more about gloves. This week, we are deep diving into the topic of New Year's resolutions. There is something so appealing about a fresh start, isn't there, Lindsay? Are you in the habit of making New Year's resolutions? I love fresh starts, but let me say that formerly I was not uh, that type of person who liked making resolutions. And I was actually quite vocal about how much um, I was against New Year's resolutions. I always have to be so contrary. It's just part of my (laughs) my personality. So yeah, I used to very proudly proclaim that I was not making New Year's resolutions. But you know what? If I look back now, it's because I just... I wasn't very good at following through with things. So Mm. why commit to something if I knew that I wasn't going to follow through? What about you? 
Right. Well, that sounds like a very practically minded person, which mm-hmm. you are, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. I could totally see that. Um, I've always really romanticized New Year's resolutions. I remember like being 12 years old and I was at the movie once with um, our moms took us as friends to go see a movie. And on our way out, I was like, you know what? It's the new year and I'm going to be 13 <laughs> this year. I need to really start acting like far more mature like a grown-up I'm gonna start being a grown-up that's well that's it with it was met with moderate success I will say um but yeah I've always had this real love for starting over and blank slates um but you and I we've joked about this too we find many new years all over the place Yeah, we do. I love Mondays. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, Mondays are a new beginning. I still love September with the first day of school. That to me is really the official start. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to say that, as you said, you know, that your goal is to be an adult this year, (laughs) turning on your 13th (laughs) birthday. I thought, okay, rewriting my New Year's resolutions for this year because my goal is like, (laughs) be a better adult. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess I should um, put a disclaimer in that that is still my New Year's resolution. (laughs) Yeah. But just talking about about new beginnings. Like I just love this idea that we can constantly choose to start over. I I Mm want to say though that there's also a part of me at odds with this and I haven't even fully thought this through. So you may have to just follow me on this tangent, but I'm also very against this idea. I call it the Oprahfication after Oprah of our world (laughs) where we do believe that we can constantly start again. Now, hear me out for Mm -hmm. a second, because I feel like Oprah, this idea of all of her shows about being like, new you, start over, don't like your job, quit it, don't like your relationship, find a new man, don't like your hair, cut it all off. Like this, this idea was drilled into us all the time too, that we can't, we can just change all the things in our lives. And that, that kind of leads to this idea of never really settling in, right. And sticking to things as well. So it's like, how do we strike that balance between, you know, wanting to change things, shake things up in our life, but also knowing when it's time to hold on tight and fight through something, Mm -hmm. uh, there, I, I still struggle with both those things because I do believe that if you're not happy with yourself, change yourself. But there are some things that you and I both know and our listeners will agree that you just can't change this year if you have a new baby or, you know, different things. So I don't know how to reconcile those two things. Right. And I think uh, a lot of that has to do with rediscovering our own voices, you know, mm. like so many of those, I love that term, Oprahfication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so many of those types of things I feel are very, um, like on mass mm. ideas, right? Uh, and those are what we would consider the big or the classic quote unquote New Year's resolutions of something to do with diet, something to do with exercising, something to do with your job or, you know, where you're living or your house or whatever. Um, and the problem with only focusing on those all the time is that who is informing what the ideal is. Mm -hmm. And so that makes it really hard to stick with something. And that's, and the world changes so fast. If that is always your, you're always making your resolutions based on what the world thinks is correct right now, Mm -hmm. then it will always be changing. Yeah, I think you're making a really good point. Like, where's that voice coming from? So if you're being told by the culture that you're not good, like good looking enough, or that your marriage isn't falling into the category of a romantic comedy movie that you see, or a Hallmark Mm -hmm. Christmas movie, right, as we're all coming off of those. um, 
and or if your job isn't as fulfilling as you thought it would be and you're not living at your childhood dream. So if the world is telling you that and you feel mm-hmm. like you need to remake all that, I think maybe that is like you're saying what I have an issue with. So instead of being really self-aware and looking inside yourself and thinking, what should I improve on? Because that's what you know, maybe God is calling me to the only voice we should be listening to, mm-hmm. um, or what we're feeling, you know, that we should change in our lives. Is that kind of more, yeah, what you're meaning with the voice? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because, um, and I'm just speaking from my own experience too, because I've only just uh, recently had this realization that my voice actually asks a whole lot less of me than what I previously thought I needed to strive for. Um, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yes. I, I have been able to, so we'll talk about this a little bit more, some practical ideas on how to keep resolutions, but this year I've had a lot more success sticking with things if they've been really small, tiny steps. Um, But the world doesn't want you to just take little steps. They want you to change now yes, and not just a little bit, 180, like get your life together, right? And that is so... uh, jarring, difficult, unattainable, unrealistic, and then we just, we can't even deal. But um, our own selves, we actually, I think deep down, we are who we are and we are who God made us and we kind of like who we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're not perfect and that's where the striving comes from. Yeah, and some things don't need to be completely thrown out, right? We don't need to Mm -hmm. trash it. Sometimes the whole new year, new me or new you um, doesn't mean completely throwing out everything from the previous year. It's building on it. It's really um, just making slight changes, like you're saying, simple steps. And so again, I think this is where self-awareness really, really comes into our new year resolution making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just giving yourself some space and some quiet to even hear who you are again. Like yes. that is one thing that, um, <laughs> again, I'm like borrowing from uh, what we're going to talk about in a little bit, but <laughs> uh, d- that's one thing that keeps coming back to me this year is why don't you just kind of quiet down a little bit right. um, and allow those voices that need to be heard to have a chance. <laughs> they can't <laughs> fight against the culture. <laughs> because surely <laughs> we can't compete. be failing at everything, right? And January 1st, yeah. if you trust all of the advertisements that you see popping up, you're failing oh, yeah. at everything, right? Your skin's mm-hmm. too wrinkly. You're, you're not smelling good enough because of all the perfume ads. Clearly, you've put on 50 pounds based on the amount of weight loss oh, ads clearly. that come out, right? We've just, <laughs> we've failed all over the place. And that is really um, the mar- the the intention of the marketing to make you feel like you've just blown it last year. So you better buy into all of the newness of January. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think that when we step back, like it's not that bad. Like you're saying, if you look back and think, I actually am doing pretty good. So what do we want to do to make this year better? Right. And I really like, I think it's such a positive thing. And if we, you and I talk a lot about things being a journey and a process and everything, it lends itself way more to that line of thinking. If you are taking stock of what am I doing really well? Okay. And now what's the next step? Yeah, yeah. Like, as opposed to, okay, what am I a total disaster in? And how can I be completely different tomorrow? (laughs) Because that's not going to happen. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, like, yeah. And so you're totally right. If if, that's where we then try for one solid week, right? Completely fail, curl up in a ball and go, that's it. I hate New Year's (laughs) resolutions. And so I think that that's not the right way to go about it. So how do you go about making some changes, you know, your resolutions in your life, Michelle? Um, So, 
I've always really been a, a pretty introspective person and a reflective person by nature. So that comes rather easily to me. And I kind of love that the culture at large uh, um, kind of joins me in that for a week <laughs> yeah. between Christmas and New Year. Yeah. Um, I don't quite feel quite so like on the outside. Um, so I'm kind of constantly evaluating uh, naturally where I'm at, what needs to be improving. Um, and so at the end of the year in particular, I really enjoy just sitting there and thinking about, um, like we were saying, what has been working really well for me? Uh, can I maintain that? Can I sustain that? What needs to happen to go forward? And then is there any other part that's kind of uh, preventing that from growing even more? And that's where I uh, kind of sort through all the, we'll say negative mm. aspects, the things you'd like to change, not necessarily negative, but, uh, so for example, um, if you want to have better relationships in the new year, better friendships or better family relationships, um, but you, you do talk to your family regularly. Like I know I do, uh, what would be preventing me from taking that even to the next step to be able to consider them even more? Well, for me, it's that whole idea of quieting down um, the noise that's coming from the world. It distracts me from mm. seeing people, right? And so, okay, well, then one of my resolutions would be to kind of limit my time online. Right. Does that make sense? It's it like a whole like inner working of my mind that I hope I got across there. No, it does. And I think that, you know, our listeners probably both know by now or know by now that we're both practicing Catholics. And one of the gifts that the church gives us is the examination of conscience. And so I happen mm. to be also looking at um, a secular tip on how to be more self-aware. And it explains the same thing that the church tells us to do, this idea of an examination of conscience. And they say that you should do this daily. I completely agree. And so it's like really sitting back and thinking, where am I falling short? And you know what? It's okay to say, where am I failing or what are some of the negative things? I think that we've also been told that we should be so positive all the time um, mm. that we don't want to <laughs> face the fact that we do have some areas that we aren't doing well in. And mm -hmm. like we talk about so many times, striking that balance that the pendulum doesn't have to go to, like we were just joking about, like I'm failing all the things or yeah. <laughs> I'm doing awesome in all the things. Like that middle line of saying, yeah, you know what? I was really falling short in these areas and I'd like to change that this year. And I am doing really well at these areas. Um, that's not prideful to do that in the same way that it's not, you know, wrong to think of what you're failing at. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, I think that that idea of an examination of conscience, like you're saying, really sitting back and contemplating that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, going along with the examination of conscience, uh, so we use it as a spiritual exercise, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. hopefully, uh, like daily or as often as you can would be ideal. But for us, I find, and I don't know if it's the same for you, but because our faith is so holistic. Mm. So um, I had a priest once say to me, I was meeting with him about something that was bothering me. And I apologized at one point. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is not even really spiritual. Right? I feel like it's not a theological right. thing. And he was like, we are mind, body, spirit, all together. Like if one is 
suffering, then the other ones suffer naturally as well. And so when we talk about the examination of conscience, for me, like um, my spiritual well-being will feed into questions about, well, how healthy am I eating lately? Mm -hmm. Have I been exercising? Have I been out in nature in God's beauty lately? Um, How are my relationships doing? Does sleep play a part in that? Like it is so interconnected. It absolutely is. And when we try to pretend that it's not, we, we do fall short. And so I think that that's when you see everybody struggling to identify areas that they want to grow in and then not doing a good job at that or forgetting their resolutions halfway through the month. It's because they didn't try to look at it holistically. Mm-hmm. And even when I think about why I can keep resolutions now versus, you know, how I said at the beginning of this podcast, how I couldn't keep them before, I can keep resolutions now. That mm-hmm. actually is because of that weight loss journey that I was on over the last year. And you don't lose 50 pounds by giving up, right? Like I had to right. keep picking myself back up. And when I learned how to do that, I never thought that learning how to lose weight would help me learn how to persevere in all areas of my life. And it did. And that's what it took for me was that weight loss. But that when we learn any skill that we stick with, we we, we grow in that virtue of perseverance. And so it's just so good to keep trying whatever we pick for our resolutions this year. Right. So how do you pick your resolutions then? Do you have Um, a system? I do. And like you, I sit down and I'm really, you know, I really contemplate things as the last week of December. You know, the week where you lose all sense of time and space and date. Yeah. From Christmas until January 1st. That (laughs) week where there's a vortex of time. Uh, I use that time to really reflect back on who I am. And so I do pray about it because I feel that like God's just sitting there waiting to be like, I'll tell you everything you need to fix. Right. Yes. You know, he's just waiting there, just like a good father, just like, hey, did you want some pointers on what you could do this year? (laughs) So as soon as I ask him, boy, he floods me with like 50 things I need to work on. Oh my gosh, Um, yes. And you know what? I want to be really specific about that because last year um, I actually had this clear list of things that he wanted for my resolutions. And they all started with H and it was like huh. health, holiness, humility, and hospitality um, slash hosting. And so that was last year. And so this year I had um, very similar goals and it was building on those from last year. So mm-hmm. I pray about it. And then I jot down all of those things, all of those words that come into my head. And then I try to see if there's a theme in them. Like, does it look like I want to focus on organizing and minimalism or my health or spiritual growth or my marriage or motherhood. I mean, it's, it can always be a little bit of out of all of those things, but sometimes what we're seeing is a big trend for this year. Like mine mm-hmm. was health last year was, was really getting healthy. That was the overarching theme. So once you've seen if there's a theme or not, I do tend to pick three to five items that are concrete goals, things that I can actually, you know, work towards that are manageable goals. And then I write those out. It's so critical for me and I think for you too Michelle to hand write things out not typing them out I'm not going to put it in the notes section of my phone like I have to put pen to paper and so buying a new journal or a new planner and writing out my goals means a lot. This is also why I'm so vocal on social media because I use all of you as my accountability partners, whether you guys know it or not. 
whether you want to or not. That's You're right. You're keeping Lindsay you, accountable. You are. You are. Yeah, I share lots of photos of my healthy meals on Instagram, and it's not to pat myself on the back and be like, look at what I just made and I'm eating while you're all eating a bag of chips. It's not that at all. <laughs> it's actually, if I don't, being able to post that picture of my pretty healthy meal makes me make the healthy meal and eat it. Like it's actually mm-hmm. an accountability thing for me. It's not trying to be prideful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I really actually, if we're going to use social media to our advantage, as you and I've talked about before, as a tool to help us grow, I use it as an accountability measure. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I also tell my friends, you know, I've got great girlfriends, you included, and we talk about our goals and we try to hold ourselves accountable. So that's how I set my resolutions. Yeah, that's so good. And it comes down to um, purpose, like having a clear purpose as to why you're doing this thing. Right. I think you might stick to it far better if there is a clear purpose and that purpose makes sense. For example, I just saw a video for our catechesis class that we do at church after mass on Sundays, and they're talking about relationships in in particular. But he was like, you know, a lot of people think that relationships, the goal, the purpose of relationships is to feel good. Mm. And that's why so many of them fall apart or end up fading or whatever, because um, the other person can't sustain that for you 100% all the time. And so that will fade. If that's your purpose, it will fade. Uh, whereas the purpose for relationships is to seek the good for the other person. Absolutely. And sometimes that can be harder. You know, those might require hard conversations, being honest, you know, um, all those things. But same to put that onto our uh, making New Year's resolutions. And sometimes we seek resolutions that we think the only purpose is that I'll feel better. Right. I'll look better. But if we refocus that, what is the purpose? Is this serving a greater good for me and my life, for my family, for my community? Um, Then it might have a little more staying power. And you just brought up that good point. So that that quote from St. Thomas Aquinas, that love is willing the good of the other, just mm-hmm. was a great wake-up call for me about our role in supporting the goals and resolutions of our friends and our family and our husbands and That's our right. children. So mm-hmm. that actually, like, thank you for that, because that actually just reminded me that it's not just about my goals. So if my husband also wants to get healthier and holier this year, um, you know, it isn't as much as it's fun to, like, eat a whole pizza when the kids are in bed. Um, we got to support each other in those goals too. And not just me trying to do my own and looking to support him. So yeah, willing the good of the other, um, doesn't always look like patting them on the back or helping them break their, their promises to themselves that year. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to help everybody else too. that. Thank you for that. Great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so what are your specific, New Year's resolutions. Oh, do you even want to share? <laughs> I'm just going to blurt well, that out. <laughs> no. You know what? I said y'all are going to be my accountability partners. So here we go. <laughs> Thanks for humoring me. <laughs> no. So sorry. <laughs> I did write them out and I'm okay to share them. So, okay, okay. here we go. I better nail these this year, right? Yeah, Um, that's right. Okay. So I have been at a weight loss plateau since last March. I have been within the same three pounds no matter what I do. So um, while my ultimate goal is to lose um, my last 20 pounds, I've already lost 50, um, 
like you and I were saying, is breaking it down into manageable bits. My first part of that goal is to just bust through the plateau. I might not hit those 20 pounds down, but I'm going to bust through that plateau somehow. So that's the first. And then in regard to my health as well, I want to run further than my regular five kilometers. And currently for January, again, breaking it down into smaller goals, I have a goal for this January. I'm part of a kettlebell swing challenge to do 10,000 kettlebell swings, which for me at this point is about 348 kettlebell swings a day. Um, I'm also not sticking to keto, but I am really embracing the carbs again, but I'm eating low carb, but whole unprocessed foods. Um, That's naturally how I eat most of the time this year. So um, of course, I'm going to still have some donuts or some treats, but mostly low carb and whole uh, foods. My goal for my spiritual development this year is just, again, doing more spiritual reading, which if anybody's looking to increase that in their lives, my spiritual director, who's my priest, said that it really only needs to be 20 minutes of spiritual reading a day. We don't need to try to do an hour. 20 minutes is the most that our brains can really take in and then process and meditate on. So Hmm. it's actually very manageable. And my last goal is to work harder, which sounds crazy because I know me and I know I work from the minute I get up until 11 o'clock at night. But Mm -hmm. what I mean really is to work more efficiently. So I already work really Uh. hard, but I also waste a lot of time during that day. (laughs) And so as you and I've talked about before, like being able to, I want my quality time, my relaxation time to actually be good relaxation time. But in order to do that, I need to work harder during my working time. So I really want to look at my day more and continue trying to get up before the kids. And then when I've scheduled time to work, like work my butt off. And then when it's time to relax, I don't want to relax with just scrolling my news feeds and my phone. I want to actually do something like a face mask or paint my toenails, like something that I actually relax in for that time. So I want to use those the, the working time and the relaxation time better. That is great. What a great list. I love that. <laughs> what, what about you? So I have a, a little bit more vague. <laughs> I'm always like uh, very vague. And then as I come across a, pa- a practical application to my vague ideas, I will add it right into the list. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to improve in three Uh, specific areas of my life, I'll say. So the first is connection. Uh, I felt really burnt out in December. And I think that it's because yes, I was busy, but everyone is busy (laughs) in December. Uh, But for me in particular, I've never experienced a December like that where it was busy to the point of disheartening. Mm -hmm. And I think I've pinpointed it to the reason is because I was so busy, I had no time to connect with people. And I am a people person. I like talking to people. I love listening to people and having those conversations. And so uh, connection, less scrolling online, more face-to-face when possible, phone calls. I hate making phone calls. And yet um, I have a friend who's one of my best friends and people think we go to the same church and people think we're sisters and we love that because we would love to be sisters in real life. Uh, She doesn't have a cell phone. So she doesn't text. She doesn't have social media or anything. If I want to talk to her, I have to call her. And that has and I think that's one reason why we're I feel so close to her is because I'm regularly actually speaking to her in our voices and we're taking that time. So when possible to make phone calls. um, I love that. See what that does. I know. (laughs) And I mean, like we've been doing this for years, but only lately I was like, oh, I think she's on to something. 
and the next one would be uh, silence. So I already talked about quiet, quieting my life. But uh, if you're familiar with the four temperaments, you are, right, Lindsay? I am. You know, the four temperaments. And I think yes. you and I are both, uh, we identify as <laughs> yes. sanguine. Yes. We are sanguines. But as a sanguine, I like to be entertained. I like to have a million things on the go. And when that happens, I lose sight of God and my priorities, mm-hmm. um, people as people. And when that happens, I can get anxious. But I'm mm-hmm. finding if I can be quiet, I can listen more. And that's a skill I'd like to hone in on. Yep. And then the last one is kind of like you. To, this is more of a maintenance thing for me to continue good health. Um, really slipped up over the holidays. Uh, but instead of getting down about it, it just made me realize and take stock how much good that making these healthy choices was actually doing like it it was making a big difference so to continue uh prioritizing sleep getting enough sleep low carbs um activity outside activity if possible um and not to worry about the the numbers uh the scale so much as uh feeling my at my best so that i can serve my family and you know others better that's the goal of health. So those would be what I'm going to work on this year. That is great. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment. And we've had a few weeks to um, catch up on our TV shows and movies and books. So I'm excited to get back into this feature, Lindsay. What are you loving this week? Well, I'm rereading a book I read when it first came out, maybe about a year and a half ago, by Melissa Hartwig. She is the co-creator of The Whole30, and she wrote a book called Food Freedom Forever. And I read it, like I said, and I'm rereading it now, and it's the best book that I can recommend if you want to reshape your health um, without jumping all in and trying to change everything at once, like you and I were saying, and then just setting yourself up for failure. The idea of food freedom is more of a psychological change with your approach to food. She does talk about doing like an elimination diet just to see what you're sensitive to with food sensitivities. She suggests the whole 30 or other ones, but you can even skip past that if you just want to look at breaking that disordered attachment to food. Melissa Hartwig has never been um, overweight or unhealthy, but she has been a drug addict. And so she (laughs) approaches our food um, like from an addiction perspective. And so whatever I do with regard to my eating and health this year, the groundwork of that is going to be food freedom. So whatever springs out of that, right? Like what I'm eating, how much I'm exercising, the idea is still having this food freedom. And my second thing is I became obsessed over Christmas with a BBC show that you can find on YouTube called Back in Time for Dinner. And they take this regular current like modern family and they send them back through, they do um, a series of like the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And the family does 10 days in each decade, right? Uh, so a day mm-hmm. per year. And they um, their own house is actually renovated for the style, like walls taken out, brand new kitchens put in. They, they, yeah, they go into their that own house. Cool. It's so cool. And they see what their kitchen and stuff and their parlor or living room would have looked like for that decade. And then they have to eat the food of that. And they have three kids, two teenage daughters, and I think like a 10 or 11 year old son. And they're all dressed up. And you can even see their fashion changing on each day as the decade progresses, like so much attention to detail. So it's a great series. It's all on YouTube. I would happily pay the BBC for this, um, but you, we can't get iPlayer in Canada. So oh. I, I struggle with, you know, suggesting things on YouTube, but it's there and it's an excellent program. So that's what I'm loving. What about you? 
Well, we just watched the movie A Quiet Place, and oh. that's been on Netflix. Have you seen it? <laughs> we, not yet. Oh, we, rent, okay. we rented it on iTunes last month, and we were supposed to watch it all month, but we didn't. And then now Netflix has it, so we're about to oh. do it. Oh, you must. So yes. I've also been hearing about it for an entire year. It's been on uh, Netflix on and off. And um, so I, I don't want to give away too much, so I won't speak too much about the plot, but it is like a poke post-apocalyptic type film and um, you will need subtitles so I don't think I'm spoiling too much by it like it relies heavily the dialogue relies heavily on sign language which Mm. I just found fascinating from uh, my perspective I went to school for broadcasting and so I'm always very interested in how movies are made so not just the plot but if it's intriguingly made then I'm here for that and this movie just um I think it really speaks to the golden age of movies in a way where you didn't rely necessarily on sequels or prequels or crossovers or special effects or all these glitzy things like the core of the movie's success rests on a good story and good acting Mm. um, because they don't have anything else (laughs) going on in that movie. And yet it just kind of carries you. Phil and I watched it and we felt like um, the whole runtime was like how half an hour. Uh, That's how much you're engaged in this family on the movie. So yeah, A Quiet Place, I would really recommend. All right, that's going to do it for us this week, Lindsay. How can people find us? You can find us on Facebook at The Modern Lady Podcast. And just so you know, we are planning on doing the regular live videos that we've been talking about forever starting this month. Um, And you can also find us on Instagram by the same name at The Modern Lady Podcast. And you can find Michelle at MMSachs, S-A-C-H-S on Instagram. And I'm at Linny, L-I-N-N-I-E, Autumn, A-U-T-U-M-N on Instagram. And you know what, Michelle, you and I were talking and we kind of have one more goal um, for our podcast this year. And we want to get to know you, our listeners, more in person. I want to give a shout out to somebody I would call a super fan. I got to meet Lindsay Devereaux-Sills. So hopefully she's listening to this. I got to meet her at a birthday party uh, last week and she just Oh, she was so excited to meet us, me. And she knows you already, so that's yes. a little different. Yes. But it was the first time she was meeting me. <laughs> and she's just such a big fan. And she was just so, it just was so encouraging to hear how much she appreciates um, the work that you and I are doing and was sharing it with the other ladies um, at the party while we were sitting there. And so, first of all, Lindsay, thank you for being such a big fan. And that just reminded me of how much Michelle and I have a desire to connect with you, our listeners. And so, if you have a woman, group or a church group or something and you're you know within driving distance for us in Ontario we'd love to come and talk with you and just meet everybody so just keep that on your the back of your mind you know we're not doing anything officially yet but it's just really nice getting to meet other women face to face even if you're doing a book club or you want to invite us out to a glass of wine at a pub we can do those things so mm-hmm. let us know oh, yeah Yep. So definitely be in contact with us via our Instagram accounts or on the Facebook page. And and we just want to grow this community as 2019 progresses. Absolutely. 100%. We would love to get to know you this new year. So thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you next week. Mm